Hello. Welcome to the second episode of our podcast series, Conversations Over a Cuppa, where we share ideas and discuss the connections that exist between ourselves, each other and our planet. Today, I'm joined by Associate Professor Mark Lintemans, a fish ecologist from the University of Canberra. We're sitting on Mark's deck and it's a cool morning. We both have cuppas and we're getting ready to talk about the efforts he and colleagues are making to save Stocky, the title of our podcast today. So Mark, can you tell me a bit more about Stocky? Why is this little fish so important and what have you been doing to save him and his mates? So the Stocky Galaxius is a new fish species for Australia, one of a number that were described in 2014. And uh, like its its uh, newly described friends, it has a really restricted distribution. It only occurs in three kilometres of a single stream above a waterfall. And so it hasn't even made it to the National Threatened Species list yet because it takes a while to list these things. And, um, well, basically it's in trouble. It's, it, it's originally in trouble from trout, which have, you know, forced it to above this waterfall where it mm-hmm. exists. Um, but it also has a number of other threats, you know, um, horses are trampling its habitat and whatever. But the major threat at the moment was fire. And so we needed to do something to ensure that it didn't um, get burnt in the fires, basically. And so it, it seems a bit counterintuitive because we're waiting for rain and we actually have had a sprinkle of rain today. But well, from what I understand, it's actually the rainfall that could be the biggest issue for the fish. Absolutely. So most of the fish will survive the fire. They're, they're underwater. They're not going to yeah. get burnt. But then it's heavy rainfall after fire that washes all the ash into the stream. And if it's really heavy rainfall, because there's no vegetation to um, impede the speed of runoff, you get erosion as well. So you get sediment into streams. So what the ash and the sediment does is that it smothers um, the substrate, this is where stocky galaxias lay their eggs, that's where their, most of their food source is. It also coats their gills and generally it, it, uh, it turns the streams to what I call liquid Vegemite. They're just black, oozy things that nothing very much can live in. If you're a bird or a mammal or something, you run away. If you're a fish, you can't even crawl out of the water, so you're cactus, basically. And as well as that, when, when you get fires through, you know, quite often you get crown scorch and so the leaves are dead and then they fall off onto the ground and then those leaves get washed into the river and then microbial action will break them down, sucks all the oxygen out of the water and you get an oxygen sag as well. So fire is a terrible thing for fish. Yeah, you know, I always seem to think, oh, the fish are fine because they're underwater. Um, so is this similar to what we've been seeing in the Murray and the Darling systems when we see the fish kills? Is it the sort of same sort of process yeah, happening? it is. It's, it's similar to the black water that you saw in the Murray and that was where floodplains that haven't been inundated for a long time and have a lot of leaf litter and organic matter on them suddenly get flooded and so the water goes out, the organic matter starts to decompose and then the flood recedes and the water returns to the river and that's black water. No oxygen in it generally. Same, same principle, but this is ash related basically. And a really small area. So can you tell me a bit more about this little fish? Like why is it only in three kilometres? I mean, why are trout bad? <laughs> well, um, you know, trout were introduced as part of the acclimatisation phase of Australia where people introduced animals that they were you know, familiar with from their yeah. home country. And it's a, a well-regarded sport fish and provides a whole lot of, um, of social benefits in terms of getting people outdoors to, to recreate in the outdoors. I have no uh, problem with that. But 
it's a good uh, recreational fishing fish because it's a little predator, basically. So mm. it chases lures or it chases flies. And so galaxids have grown up in generally in small streams without any predators. Yeah. And so, you know, they see a trout, which is like a river fox, approaching, mm. and they just, you know, swim up and say, G'day, yeah. how are you? <laughs> oh, and the no. uh, trout says, pleased to meet you. <laughs> Gulp. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah. so yeah. They, they don't have these behavioural mechanisms to get away from predators because they're not um, experienced in that. So generally all these little galaxids are, are right up in the very headwaters of streams, above a waterfall, above a swamp, or in such a tiny little stream that it gets so hot in summer that uh, trout can't survive there because they're a cold water fish. Okay? So it's trout that's sort of driven them to the very edge of their range now. That makes them even more susceptible to things like um, climate change. So you're right up in the smallest, you know, sort of temporary sometimes streams, so they'll dry out, you yeah. know. So it's a real problem. So these little guys, about 10 centimetres long? 10 centimetres would be uh, George Foreman of the Stocky Galaxy as well. <laughs> exactly. I, th I think the maximum recorded is about 114 millimetres and 14 grams, but most of them are about 80 millimetres, you know, yeah. finger size. And so describe the scene. So I understand that you went in with firefighters to actually yep. get to the spot. I've yep. seen a few photos and it looked very smoky. What's it like going up into these little strengths of stream catching fish? It, it sounds like it's quite stressful to me. Um, it is um, to some extent. The actual rescue, you know, there's a, a frisson of excitement as you're out there. <laughs> yes. um, there's a bit of sphincter clenching going on, but, uh, you know, it's pretty good. So we had an escort from uh, New South Wales National Parks and Wildlife Service to get us yep. in there. And that's because, you know, even after fires, there's falling trees and it's dangerous and they help clear tracks and do things like that. We knew that part of the catchment had been burnt mm. from the fire maps. Mm. We knew that heavy rain was forecast, so we wanted to get in there to rescue these things before the river turned to Vegemite. Because mm. once it turns to Vegemite, you can't find them, you can't see them, you know. No, no, no. So that's why we went in with um, uh, a team from uh, New South Wales DPI and uh, and grabbed 142 of these fish and then skedaddled out of there. Uh, ironically, they're now tucked up in a trout hatchery. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's great, you know. It is good, it is good. And then you, you did mount a, a second rescue um, effort with the short-tailed galaxias. That's but right. that wasn't quite as successful. Can you tell us a bit about that one? No, so the short-tailed galaxias... Um, probably occurs in probably 15k of stream, something mm -hmm. like that. But it's in two separate patches, separated by a bit of trout-infested water. Uh, the lowermost patch was in Wadbilliga National Park, and we couldn't get in because it was too hot. No one had done any trail clearance. Um, National Park staff were flat out protecting life and property, and that's fine. So that subpopulation that's been you know, heavily burnt. I don't hold much hope for that, but you never know, okay? okay? So then the second part of the population is up high in in quite small streams in uh, agricultural land. And uh, anyway, so we went up to have a look at that. One of the little tributaries up there called Guinea Creek, um, it had dissolved oxygen levels less than two. Um, it what, had... what should they be, just oh, so our listeners know? Yeah, so the, the lower level for fish where you start to get concerned is four milligrams four. per litre, oh, okay? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, so... Anyway, we electrofished there. Funnily enough, we didn't catch anything, and that's because there's no oxygen in the water. And that's because they'd probably had recent rainfall, and that had washed sheep shit and, and vegetation and whatever into the water, and that's all started to fester and no yeah. oxygen. Anyway, we went down that creek. We didn't find any in that little tributary. So then we went to one called Jibilaro Creek, 
it was severely drought affected. The pool where we normally catch fish was effectively dry. But we kept walking and we found a series of isolated pools, um, pH of uh, 10 or 11, that's mm -hmm. really high. Water temperatures 23, 25, 29 degrees, again, really hot. But we caught some fish. Now we only managed to get 30 individuals mm -hmm. back to the hatchery. It's a start, it's yep. not enough but it's better than nothing. Um, yep. And that's closely related. It's another one of the species that's been recently described in 2014. So if you had a magic wand <laughs> for the Galaxias yep. and you could wave it and make everything great for them, what would need to happen? Well, I'd probably ignore Galaxias for the first wave of the wand and I'd give mm. Collingwood back-to-back -back premierships. <laughs> Um, it would be really nice um, if we could uh, get away to get things listed uh, more quickly. Yes. Stocky Galaxius has been, you know, one to two years in the making and that's partly as a result of we're trying to get all threatened species onto a single list at the moment. Mm. So the people that are doing the listings are overwhelmed as all the states try and jam yep, their things in, understand course. that. The next thing I'd like to do is to get some priority for fish in the National Threatened Species Strategy, it has 30 priority plants, yep. 20 priority birds, 20 priority mammals. No fish, no crayfish, no any. So yep. it would be really nice to get some fishy focus on. Another thing that I'd really like to do is to um, try and relieve some of the existing pressures on stocky galaxias. At the moment, they're being overrun by feral horses yep. in uh, Kosciuszko National Park. And there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, social angst about, you know, where the feral horses should be and mm. the heritage value and whatever. But in reality, they're a feral animal. They need to be managed, maybe not remove them all, but certainly, you know, cut down the 20-odd thousand that are in uh, Kosciuszko National Park. Yep. And then the final thing I'd like to do is... Uh, there's a huge new threat to Stocky Galaxius, and that's called Snowy 2.0. It's going to potentially transfer some invasive fish species into um, their catchment. Uh, one of those is a native species that is not meant to be where it is. At the moment, um, there doesn't seem to be any appetite to take uh, you know, reasonable measures to protect these fish. So that's a debate that we have to have again. And once again, you know, fish conservation is likely to run second to the government's desire for green energy and mm -hmm. things like that. So it's, it's always the balancing act. Fish generally don't come off very well in mm. these arguments. If mm. you're a platypus or a koala or something like that, you get a bit more press coverage and profile. And I'd just like to, you know, get fish onto the agenda a little mm. bit. It was great talking to Mark, and if you would like to know more about Stocky and his mates, head to the Australian River Restoration Centre website and click on the podcast link. We've brought together research and stories for you to explore, as well as providing some ideas about ways you might like to get involved in bringing back our native fish. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.